Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Amen. Let's go to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. I'll start here and um, just see what happens. I had about three different things I was going to say this morning. Never, never really heard heard the lightning bolt, and so I'm just going to go out by faith, and it's going to be good. Amen. So uh, how many was not here on Wednesday night? Raise your hand so we can single you out. Listen, I'm telling you, probably... I would rate that in the top three most powerful services I've ever had here at Cornerstone. Wednesday night, we had some kind of church. It was unbelievable. We had it over there in the old room, and God just moved and did some amazing things. I felt like the Lord had uh, led me. I preached on where, um, and I would preach it again if I knew the Lord would move on it, but I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. I mean, I thought I was going to get snatched through the Silatex over there. It was that type of, how many, was in, how many came down to the front where the river, how many believed it was that strong? I mean, when all you got to do is wave at people and they fall out, I mean, I'm telling you, you in some type of river right there. You know, all we had to do was just tap the water a little bit to splash it on them. They're gone, you know what I'm saying? I like to went out preaching myself, and I mean, I ain't never laid hands on myself and fell out, but it liked to happen. And, uh, and so, uh, but we preached about where uh, David was uh, taking uh, uh, the city of Jerusalem from the Jebusites, and, um, and so... Uh, in that, we, we just shared that, because I feel like I should uh, share it again, that, you know, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was God told, it was either, Jer- I think it was Jeremiah, where he said, don't look at their faces, uh, or was that Joshua, Ezekiel, uh, somebody Google that and see who's right on that, I don't know who's right on that, uh, Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah too, to be safe, now, call it like it is, now, stand by faith, what you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, God told the man of God, let's just say that, to not look at their faces. There's a reason on that. And so, but anyhow, uh, we talked about how when when David, when he killed Goliath, this is just, I'm giving you this for free, okay? When David killed Goliath, when he took the head off of Goliath, he took the armor and put it in his tent. But he took a journey of about 18 miles into the city, outside the city of Jerusalem, which was held by the Jebusites, and he put Goliath's head there. And we talked about he did that as a prophetic sign because he was a, uh, most theologians, anywhere from 15 to 22 years old when he took out Goliath. And so now he's around, uh, he, he put that as a prophetic sign saying, listen, this city's in my destiny. I'm coming to take it. I may not be old enough right now. I may not be big enough in God to take it. But one day I'm coming to revisit this and God's going to give me this city. Well, he was 30 years old when he began to reign. Come on now. Uh, that uh, He was in Hebron for seven years and six months. He goes back to, uh, to take the city from the Jebusites. And one thing that I, 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 I this is where I about laid hands on myself and fell out, that, that, uh, that the, the, the Jebusites would take <clears throat> and light torches on the wall at night, and they told David that if you come in here to lime and the blind, uh, the blind and the uh, and the lame is is it could take you out. And so one of the things that they had was like these dummies or these mannequins, and they had them on pulleys, and they would light the torches at night, and the children of Israel could look up there, and they would show these these. Um, uh, Characters or whatever, if you would, uh, of the line uh, of the blind and the lame, 
And they would wave that in front of the children of Israel to tone them saying, you're never going to be able to come in here. And so what we preached about Wednesday night was that blind represented Isaac. Remember, he was blind at his death before he died. Remember when Esau come in to get the blessing. Uh, Jacob come in to get the blessing. He said, you have the voice of Jacob, but you have the skin of Esau. And then, uh, and then Jacob was the one that was lame. Remember when he wrestled with God, God touched him in the hip socket. And uh, he walked lame all the days of his life. And what they were saying is, because your are forefathers have never took this city what makes you think you can listen I came to tell you again today I don't care what your daddy took I don't care what your granddaddy took with God all things are possible right we can beat alcoholism we can beat generational curses come on somebody and we can walk in the blessings and the destiny God has for us so uh, but anyhow a lot of people just the Lord was just there to touch it you know Cleve they're, they're gone this morning um, but um, out of town, but he told me uh, Wednesday night after that service, and you know we closed that service out. Nobody left the building. That's when you know you. That's when you know God was in the house. Most time you close it out, people you don't get it the front door first. I'm run you over. But anyhow, nobody was wanting to leave. And um, but um, he just said what I felt like. And and to be honest with you, that <clears throat> I'm just gonna preach out of my heart more. I guess the way this is going this morning. But that we were just in, we were just in a lull, man. We just got in a rut. We couldn't break it. I, I still feel a little bit of that stump in here this morning. But we'll snatch on it again. It'll eventually come up. Glory to God. And then there'll be a new one to hook to. You know what I'm saying? But this in here, I mean, I don't know what it is. You might have to have four wheel drive. You know what I'm saying to get this one. But um. And so I just felt like Monday night when I was with the Lord, I felt like the Lord said, get out of this building and go back to that building. Listen, God's not in any building. You, you realize that. Listen, this don't mean a hill of beans unless the presence of God is here. Hello. That's what, and, and we want him. Do you all agree with that? If, and I, this is what I said Wednesday night. If we got to get down there in the flat pond to find him, that's where we're going to. Now, you can sit up here all you want to, but I'll be down there where the presence is. Hello. That's what we're after. That's what we want. I hope that. I mean, that's what we're contending for. We're not contending for numbers. We're not contending for new buildings. We're contending for him, the presence of God. When you got the presence of God, you got everything you need. You got finances. You got prosperity. You got healing, deliverance, everything. When you got him, he said, in my presence, there's fullness. That word fullness means nothing lacking. Everything we need is in the presence of God. And so... Um, and then so some, several people said, well, we're going to have it in here again. Well, I said, well, we, we can't turn that into a shrine because God moved in it one night. Got to move by the voice, right? And so um, it was good. So uh, thank God for that. We thank God for that. And um, if you missed it, we believe God can do it again this, today. Amen. All right. Mark chapter 2. Let's look at this. I was, um, but let me finish this. You know I'm ADD if you know me personally. Gavin always cuts up, you know, if something runs out, he says, well, he just split his whole train of thought. But anyhow, uh, Cleve said this. He said, I felt like you remember when Rocky, I think it was on the Russian, ain't that when, when he had to go back, when he had to go back to the old school gym. And I just felt like we had to go back over there, get in that little space, learn how to get the vigor and the fight back. And so that's what we're doing. All right. So Mark chapter 2, you there? <clears throat> I had the privilege of last week of preaching um, um, we went to a Baptist church uh, to preach uh, last week. And he uh, <clears throat> said, well, I didn't get invited. That's called they want no hindrance. No, I'm playing. <laughs> no, uh, I thought it was a miracle in itself. You know, he called a 
Pentecostal charismatic guy to come preach at the Baptist church, but we had fun, and I was amazed. At, and, and so, I want to talk to you some of the things that I shared out there because this is just the number one thing that's coming back to me. On Mark chapter 2, it says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. And immediately, many gathered together. I want to say this. To every church grow seminar, he's still the number one best way to grow your church. Come on, if you'll help me right here for the next 30 minutes, we'll have church, and we'll go down there and eat some chicken. He's still the number one way to grow the church. Let the people find out in the city that he's there. Let me just say this. I've been to places where they said that they thought that God was there. And I remember in 2008, how many remember when the revival was down in, uh, where was that? In Tam- was that Tampa? Lakeland. All right, listen, I was there when it was still in the house. Glory, we got the glory cloud going. That uh, when, when it was still in the church house, this is no joke. We got there well uh, right after lunch to get into a, a evening night service. So I would say around 1 or 2 o'clock, and the line was already forming. So we had to sit outside to 7 o'clock. Now, about 6 o'clock, the people, the, the, I guess the, the uh, executive leader, whatever the church, whatever you want to call him, uh, the pastor's spokesman, let's say it like that, he came to the front door, and they cracked the door about this, and he said, listen, he said, if people don't quit biting and jabbing one another, we're going to close the doors and nobody's coming in. I mean, I'm thinking, Lord, now I said this, God, now somebody bites me. Now that's, that's crossing the line. If it be on out here now, you know what I'm saying? But listen, people are desperate. People are desperate. And listen, you know what I saw with my own eyes down there in Lakeland? There was a man that had a white cane and glasses. Listen, he was healed outside the building. Why? People of faith. They, took, they prayed for him about an hour and a half. And all of a sudden, the whole line, everybody went crazy. Oh, my God. And God healed a blind man outside. The, uh, listen, when pe- people are desperate for God, what people are tired of is religiosity and religious games going on in the house of God. The Bible says, remember in the book of Ruth, when, when they heard that, that God had visited, that the, 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 there was bread in his house, that Naomi and Ruth took out and went back. People will come to the house of God when they find out that he's in the house. Now the Bible says it was noise that it was noise that he was in the house. The best advertisement that any church can get is the people inside of that church to get on fire and be willing to share what's going on inside the house again. Are you with me? That's how I got invited to church. Did you? Most people don't get saved by a track or watching television. They get saved because they're in relationship with someone that is fired up about their relationship with God and they begin to share that with them. All right. So it's noise that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, say that, so when they had broken through, they let the bed down on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. 
Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you to anoint me afresh today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Listen, that I know that the call on my life is I've always talked about breakthrough. I believe things have to be broken through. If you want to get the number one place of breakthrough happens between your ears. Come on now. This is the biggest place that we got to break through. The hard thing that we're fighting in the church is not devils. Come on, somebody. Jesus never had a problem with devils, but he had problems in the church with the religious people trying to stick to the traditions of the elders, elevating that above the word of God, right? So the number one thing we fight is mindsets. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He healed in the book of Acts. He'll heal this morning. But the problem we have in the church in America is dealing with unbelief. Come on, somebody, finding people that still believe God is God. Are you with me now? If we come, we must first believe what? That he is God. So this is, it, this is something that we're, we're dealing with. So we, we're, we're talking about breakthrough. And listen, here's the deal. I believe that we have broken through. This has been a house that has broken through. But it's crazy that in 2017, we're still trying to break through again. I was reminded earlier this week when I was praying in Tommy Tinney's book, The God Chasers, that he wrote at the end of the 90s, he said that we have been racing the false finish lines. It seems like when we break through and we get just a little bit of progress that the church thinks that's where we're to camp out. We're not to camp out. Come on, someone. We're strangers in this land. I'm trying to preach. Hello? Listen, we're straight, we've are we been racing the false finish line. Just because we got three people saved don't mean we have broken through. There's still lost people in this city this morning. Do you believe that? There, I come by the, on my way to church this morning. People was out cutting their grass. They're not thinking about the Lord. I'm not better quit beating them up. They might have been cutting the grass and they're headed to the house of the Lord. Now, I'm not one of them that says you can't fish on Sunday, can't hunt. Fish still bite on Sunday. Can I get amen? But this level of breakthrough. So I'm going to preach at, at you know, uh, I'm going to preach to some men at a Baptist church. And I get there. Now you, first of all, let me just say, don't, have to be careful. Some people try to take you where you're not going, so I'm trying to be careful with this. But one thing that I was amazed at, they had three different, there was three different races represented. I said, you've done broke through. How many knows that that's a barrier that has to be broken through? And we're still trying to break through it in America. We still, listen, Jim Crow was done away with a long time ago, but we still segregated on Sunday morning. Right. Why is that? Because that we have to break through in that area. Amen. This is a church that has broken through in that area. Amen. And so, here's another thing that they told me. They said at the end, they said that they had a brother to come in. Said he needed prayer. Said, we laid hands on him. I'm thinking in our church, that happens normally. But sometimes we get so familiar with something, we lose the faith in it. So to them, it was a big deal to get some oil, and they all come together and laid hands. 
said we laid hands. And he said, you know what happened? There was a marriage restored. He said, there's power in prayer, ain't there, preacher? I said, I believe there's power in prayer. Come on, somebody. But now, because we do it all the time and it doesn't stretch us, come on, we just come down, well, I don't know if anything happened or not, but I got some oil on my hand. It's impossible for us to pray the will of God and nothing happened. Come on, somebody. You remember when Daniel was in the lion's den? God said, I heard you on the first day. But Michael said, I endured some turbulence in the second heaven, but I want you to know that God heard you the first time you set your face to pray. So here's the deal. Religion will always put God in the future or in the past. You know when you're in a religious church because you're going to hear the preacher preaching like this. You remember when God used to do this. God done this a long time ago. Listen, I wasn't alive a long time ago. I need somebody to be preaching to me that God's still alive today. Come on, somebody. That he's still doing miracles today. He's still healing people today. He's still saving marriages today. He's still delivering people today. He is a God at hand, not a God afar off. Jeremiah 23, 23. Now, Well, I wrote this out. Religion wants to preserve where he's been at the expense of where he is. See, we went to a building Wednesday night where God has done a lot of things. But I didn't go back there to dwell on the past. I went back there to look to the future. Sometimes you got to go back to where it all begins. You remember that. Genesis 28, Jacob has a dream at Bethel, right? Later on, he gets in trouble. He says, if we can just get back to Bethel. What's he tra- I'm trying to get back to where I heard God the last time. If I can get back to that place, I believe he spoke to me one time before right there. He'll speak to me again right there, and we'll get some wisdom and knowledge on how to move forward. But I'm not going back there so I can relive something that happened 10 years ago. I appreciate God what God did 10 years ago. I can still feast on that in my memory but I need God to move again come on somebody we need God to move again like that in the day we're living in Matt was over there screaming hollering we said you know listen I appreciate the stories of William Brandon but my God I'm tired of reading about the stories I'm ready to see something with my own eyes alright so we have to break through well what are we what are, what are we breaking through well, we, we got to break through the mindsets. Well, you know, because we ain't seen it in a long time. And what the church don't see, Lord of mercy, leave it to us to come up with all kind of theology, the reason why. We got people preaching this morning why God ain't healing the sick no more. We got pre- people preaching this morning. I'm talking about right here in this community. Come on, somebody. Preaching why the gifts are no longer for today. But see, if you've ever experienced it, they've come a, they've come to a, a day late and a dollar short to convince you of that. Well, some people said, "Well, the preacher, if you're going to preach experiences, aren't you afraid that the, aren't you afraid of being deceived? The church has more faith in the in the power of the devil to deceive them than they do God to keep them." Hello, and I'm going to say this: if you've not had an encounter, you've already been deceived. All right, we're plowing on. Y'all ready? I'm fit, I'm fit, I'm gonna have, I feel it right here. I'm fitting to have to put a tr- tractor in low range. You know what I'm saying? Low range is when you got to drag the plow deep. I had, I'm fitting to have to back it down and put it in low range because I feel like we hit, we hit the stumps and all kind of stuff. But listen, on the breakthrough, 
why do we, the Bible says, you remember that while men slept, that the enemy come in and sow uh, so tares in the field. Also this, that how many knows that Abraham had the wells open, but the time Isaac gets there, that the enemy has tried to cover the well. Because we've not seen mass miracles. If, if, um, like the voice of healing, all of the healing evangelists, Jack Coe, A.A. Allen, William Brannan, Oral Roberts, I mean, there was a massive display of healing. But because the churches went through a couple of decades without seeing that, even the stuff, man, I'm going to tell you, go home and YouTube this. It's with the VHS. Just... YouTube this, because Cleve and I watched this uh, Monday night at my house, of Dr. Hagen trying to close a service out. He, and this is all he said. I'm just looking for someone to wrap it up. That's all he said. I'm just looking for someone to close it. Every person that touched his microphone could not speak. I, go, just go home, YouTube it. They try, and then one man said, well, and then, I mean, hurricane and jerking runs around the whole place, comes back. Run, I'm talking about and face plants into the stage. No catcher. I ain't talking about this. You know what I'm saying? Lay me down, put the blankets on me. I'm talking about face plants. This goes on for almost 40 minutes. And Cleve and I are sitting there looking at each other, and I said, man, you know, I said, this is in the 80s, man. I mean, this is in the, this is in the, the end of the 80s and the 90s. It should be going stronger in 2017, and it is in places of, of the world. So what happens is, is that the enemy comes in and, and things happen. Listen, not only that, Nicole was saying this, this is what I saw. Not only that, look, disappointments cover the well. We thought God was going to do it this way and we're dis hurts cover the well. All of this stuff gets in the well and it muddies the water and, 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 the, and the next thing we know, the, air, the same areas that we've broken through when we lay down for, let's say, a year or so, those things will begin to stop up. So we have to come back and redig them. How many knows this? That uh, I remember this was probably twelve years ago. I met a man by the name of Cal Pierce, who was at he was in Bill Johnson's church. He was an elder, and he didn't like what was going on. They called an elders meeting one night. He just showed up because his title was elder. He had a boat. He concerned about being on the water fishing. That's all he wanted to do. Just I love the Lord, man. Leave me alone. I just want to be on my boat and enjoy life. That's fine, but if that's not your call, that's a dangerous place. So Bill holds a meeting. And this elder was going to resign, but God had other plans. God arrest this man, put him in the floor. I mean, just arrested him. I mean, and just, I mean, just put him in the floor, just a supernatural act of God. The Spirit of God came on him from that. What, what the, the end of the story is that he sails the boat. He goes to Spokane, Washington, back where... Um, John G. Lake was, and he starts redigging those wells of the healing rooms. Now there's healing rooms all across America, all across the earth. Why? Because he went back to that well saying, listen, if God did it in 1905, he can do it again. He just needs people to believe and break through in that area again. Now, I remember Pastor Dale preaching this probably, I, I can't remember if it was Jessup or Alma, but I'm telling you the power of God was knee deep. Now, those of you talking about running, you, you can look at me and say that, see that I was not a track star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
But Catherine's always, you know, talking about walking and running and all this kind of stuff. And um, uh, I like riding. That's what I prefer. You know what I'm saying? You know, why, why we got to walk and run when we can ride? And I told her, I said, I can get on the four-wheeler, you know what I'm saying? I can time you. You know what I'm saying? Track you, see how far you go. You run, you, we'll see how fast you can run. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but most people believed, listen, until, what was it, 1954. I got the date right here. Um, 19, not, May 6th of 1954. People believed that it was humanly impossible for a man to run one mile in under four minutes. But in 2017, we know that that, that has been broken many times. What happened was one man had to break the limitations. Are you, are you with me this morning? One man had to break it. Listen, and when Roger Bannister broke it in 1954, the crowd went crazy on May 6, 1954. How long do you think, listen, because nobody had ever broken it in the history of mankind. Since we had time, been able to tell time, no man had ever broken it. Listen, how, many, how long do you think that record lasts? It lasted 45 days. And another man broke his record. What happened? When someone breaks through, they pave the way for others. I'm trying to help us. Listen, even people that we think have total failed, they've been total failures. Listen, someone has to be willing to have failure in their life to pave the way for others to have success. My God. So listen, because Roger was willing to break it, he allowed for another man to break it, and now it just goes on and on. We know now that it is not humanly impossible, but, possible, but you can actually do it. Jesus lived a life on the earth to show us what was the high water mark and what is possible for a man that is yielded to the Spirit of God and what he can do. And he left us with this startling statement, the works that you see me do, greater will you do because I'm going to the Father. Hello. He's not broke the barrier. But you know what happens? When we start trying to break through, we see those puppets hanging on the stream. You'll never do that. You can't do that. Look how many times your parents fail. Are you crazy? Look at the marriage that your mom and dad had. You think you're going to be successful? Man, people's been divorced there in your whole lineage. Look at the alcoholics. You ain't never going to break that. That is an absolute lie. You got to break through in your mind and say, listen, I don't care who in my lineage has done it. I'll be the first one to start it. If God be for me, who in the world can be against me? Come on, somebody. And all things are possible to them that believe. You got to be willing to break through. Nobody in my family, I don't know of anybody. Now, I ain't been on Ancestry or whatever, all that, and dig them all up. My great-grandfather took his own life. My, just had bad alcoholism in my family. You know what I'm saying? Nobody that I know of has preached the gospel. So what happened? When I met Jesus, Jesus gave me some revelation. Come on, somebody. And I said, you know what? I don't know what all's flowing in that bloodline, but it stops right here because it just entered a new bloodline. Come on, somebody. 
trying to help us here. I said he just entered a new bloodline. And so what happens with me is I said, you know what, God, I'll start a whole new generation of Bagley's. It ain't going to be a Bagley's full of alcoholics. Come on, somebody. A bunch, of, a bunch of addicted people. We will be a bunch of Bagley's who preach the gospel, who prophesy, heal the sick, cast out devils, pew jumpers, Bible thumpers. Come on, some And devil dumpers. Come on now. It can happen. You just got to break through and believe it. Man, I don't want to say that. I'm going to be that hard. (laughs) I'm going to be nice today. But I'm just telling you, people that ain't never seen nothing, my God, it's hard hard to convince them. It's hard to convince them. I go, when we went to, when we went to see Randy Clark in Atlanta, I'm looking for a room full of charismatics and Pentecostal people, you know, up here just shaking the world for Jesus Christ. I get up there, that, you, the most powerful anointing I saw come on that Episcopal priest from Alabama. People are hungry, man. People are tired of the religious whatever. But let me just say this. I can tell you this. In my, in my experience, I'm just telling you mine, okay? But listen, us Pentecostal folk, we think because God touched us five years ago that we got something. I've come to tell you we don't got nothing. Man, I was watching Parsley in 1994. He was up there talking about you say you Holy Ghost filled. You ain't Holy Ghost filled. He said, when's the last time you raised your hands on the dead and got them up? You ain't filled. When's the last time you laid your hands on the blind and seen them open? You ain't filled. Come on now, we got a ways to go. We can't camp out because we had an experience. I can't listen as great as Wednesday night was. You know what? By Friday morning, that drink had done waned off. I'm telling you, as great as it was, I thank God for it. What happened yesterday? I'm at a little league tournament all day. It was done gone, I'm telling you, by three o'clock. We got to have another drink. We got to be a people that continue drink and continue yearn for more. I'm excited about where I'm at right now, but there's something driving me forward that says there's got to be more than this thing. Jesus did not die so that we could go to church. He died so that we could make an impact in the earth and be filled with the Spirit of God. Lord, I'm hollering. Lord, I'm hollering. What time is it? It's 11.46. I got 26 minutes because they went over in worship. Okay? Told you this. These men said as good as I'm paid, I got to go an hour. Because you don't, preachers don't work but two hours a week. All right, let's go. Listen to this. October. Where's this at? Yeah. 14th, 1947. Man believed that it was impossible for a man to be in an aircraft and fly faster than the speed of sound. It's impossible. If any man attempts it, he will die. What do we have to have? We have to have breakthrough. Somebody has to be willing to break that through. I'm not preaching about breaking the sound barrier or break a run in a mile. I'm talking about the barriers in our mind of what we can believe God for. There's a lot of stuff got to be broken. Now, just like this, when I went, when I went and heard Jackson Sinyanga, 
the guy that's on the transformation videos when Pastor Dale had him at Southland. I'm telling you, powerful services down there with him. This is what he said. He said, I don't, he said in, in, in Uganda, I don't have to call them up and lay hands on them. He said, we speak the word from the stage. They believe and they healed. He said, in America, you got to give four stories, call them down to the front, tell them what they had for lunch, then put oil on them, and then some of them get healed. Do you think that God realizes, okay, I, I, I just left Uganda, now I'm standing in America, I got, this is the way I got to do it here. What do you think is the difference? It's the mindset. These people are trained, if the man of God said it, God just said it. All right, no man can get in the plane. Chuck Yeager gets in the plane in 1947. He breaks the sound barrier. He don't die. He comes back. He did it. It's broken. Breakthrough happened. 20 years later, wrote it down right here. 20 years later, October of 1967, we had a plane, a X-15 at Mach 6.7. That's over 4,000 miles an hour. We need one of them for the ministry. <laughs> Fly to Israel, be out. You know what I'm saying? Got a 30-minute flight. Where y'all from? Israel? <laughs> Man, you'd be in Atlanta in like two seconds, wouldn't you? <laughs> Time you crunk up, you're shutting it off. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Lord, that's country, ain't it? Listen, what happened? Someone was willing to break through on the model. Now, I want to finish up right here with the remainder of my time. Go to Luke chapter 19. This story's just been on me for a while. I mean, I've been, I've been looking back over it, and, and I, just want to, I just want us to... Um, I just want to look at it again. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And now behold, there was a man. I'm in, I'm in Luke 19 verse 1. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Listen to this. If you're going to be one that you like to hang out in the crowd, you will most likely always be of short stature. I'm looking back over my life. I have never been one to like to hang out with the majority. The hungry will always break away from the, unsatis from the satisfied. Amen. The greatest revival scripture you can find is found in Proverbs and it says, He that is full loatheth the honeycomb. But to the hungry, every bitter thing is sweet. To the hungry, they can find God in Southern Gospel. They can find Him in rap. They can find Him in anything they're looking for because they're desperately searching for Him. Come on, somebody. To the hungry, it don't matter if we're singing off cue. Come on, somebody. To the hungry, it don't matter if we're standing in a great edifice like this or we're in an old blue building or if we're on the backside of the desert. As long as God there, they're satisfied. That's what they're looking for. But to the fool, oh, brother. I don't know if we can go back there. It was a, it was a little toasty. Oh, it, it's too cool in that church. They sang too long. 
This is where we're at in America. And we're wondering why radical Islamic Muslim terrorists are coming over here blowing us up because we have a sleeping church in the earth. Oh, that'll get you in trouble right there, won't it? Huh? Listen, when we get fired back in the pulpit, conviction will be in the pew. Come on, somebody. Hello? Had a man tell me on my job, said he'd been to church two years, been attending service two years. And he said, I have not. And I said, I said, man, he said, but I ain't saved. He said, I ain't giving my life to God. I said, I can tell you right now, if you told me that and I was your pastor, you would scare, that would have scared the daylights out of me that you could sit under my preaching for two years without yielding your life to God. Come on, somebody. That shows the condition where we're at in America. We got men just trying to download something off the internet to come in here and regurgitate it over people. We got to have a real relationship with Jesus to hear his voice and say what he's saying. Leonard Ravenhill said it like this. A sermon that reaches the head will only reach the head, but if it's born in the womb, it'll go down into the tomb of Lazarus and snatch him by cow. Come on now. I felt the Holy Ghost on that. Now, you got to be willing to climb and get out of the mold you've always been in. Well, you know, in the Pentecost church, this is how we do it. We start out, the devil has been defeated. About, about the fourth verse. We start clapping a little bit. By the second song, we start feeling it. Then we got to stop because we got to go into two slow songs. See your oh Lord. Then we're going to take up the offering. Then we're going to, then the bald headed fat guy's going to jump up and holler and scream. Then we go home. Baptist church is like this. You go in there. How you doing today, ma'am? Here's the order of service. I'm going to sing the first two. Pastor's going to be preaching at 11.05. We will shut down at 11.41 p.m. to allow the people to, de- to descend and exit the building and be out by 11.45. We will meet again tonight at 6 p.m. Here's the service tonight. That's fine if that's what you call to. I, I can't live like that. I preached at places and, you know, wouldn't, boy, I'm going to tell it all later. How about the place about slipped down my? Anyhow, the secretary would call me and said, uh, Pastor, Pastor Bagley, we, you know, you'll be preaching for us in a couple of weeks right here. Could you give me the title of your message? I said, Listen, here. I said, I appreciate that. Sometimes I don't know what I'm preaching until I stand up. What? Do what? Listen, I know the, I know the kind of direction I'm going on Saturday night. But I can't give you every scripture, honey, two weeks before I show up. What? What if God says something between now and then? Hello? What if we lived that way? Abraham would have killed Isaac on the mountain if he lived the way we live. Listen, God said something on the way up. He said, kill him on the way up. But when he got up, God said, oh, stay your hand from him. The Bible says man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That is a current proceeding, something that God is speaking right now. We don't live on what God said 25 years ago. We live by the proceeding word of God. He's saying something now. You say, well, I don't hear him. That's because you ain't in the Bible. That's the reason why you ain't hearing him. Hello, I'm not getting on to us. But if you want to hear God, open his book and he'll talk to you. Come on now. That's the number one way he speaks. 
Can I get an amen in this room? No, I'm playing with you. <laughs> Listen, Zacchaeus was a store, uh, a store. Man, I can't even speak. Why would God call me? I mean, I'm here saying crunk, crunk it up. I mean, that's why he didn't take me to New York. Left in the South. Down here to contend with his devil's Jesus. <laughs> hey, Lord. He'd probably shell shot me if he sent me to California. Kevin's cousin went out to California to school. He'd come back after six months. We saw him at Christmas. He told my cousin, but he said, I'm telling you, it's different out there. <laughs> That's all he could say. He says, it's different way of life out here. He said, I don't even got sweet tea. <laughs> Listen, Zacchaeus was short because he ran with the crowd. You know what most of the crowd saying this morning? They talk about what God used to do. That's what. Listen, most of the crowd saying right now is what they're saying. Oh, don't do what you did this morning. Getting up on them drums, have somebody back here yelling, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Don't do that on Sunday morning because what you're doing is you're going to scare the visitor away. What you should have is you should have coffee machines at the front door and the back row. At the back door. You give them a coffee when they come in, a donut, love on them, kiss them on the cheek, tell them how good it is to see them. Jump up in your jeans and your polo shirt. Come on, somebody. Skinny jeans, I just can't wear them. Hello, somebody. If we do, my feet start looking like turnip roots. Come on now, it's swollen all that, cutting the circulation off. Listen, this is what they're going to tell you now. You, you, need, you don't need to have, you sure don't need to do an hour of worship. Do 20 minutes of worship. Because people in America can't handle it. I mean, they can't handle that. I mean, my gosh, they, there's no way that they can handle that. Give them 20 minutes. Then jump up and tell them how to live their best life, how to stay in joy and all of that. Don't worry about nobody that's on Prozac and everything else. Don't worry about none of that. Don't worry about depression and all. Don't worry about trying to, don't, don't lay hands on Sunday morning. That's not the time for it. But listen, and I found out this. When you desperate for God, you don't care how it looks like in there. You don't care if nobody's beating drums, somebody's banging a tambourine. Come on, somebody. You're looking for God. So what I found is this. I really want him. If he's riding on the drums, baby, that's what we're going to do. We're going to hit the drums. If he's on the guitar, we're going to play the guitar. Because I believe this, Sister Katie, when I get to heaven, he ain't going to say, how many numbers you run? How many numbers you run, son, while you was down there preaching the gospel? He's not going to say that. What he's going to say, did I learn to love? Did I learn to love people? Did I love him with all my heart? Come on, somebody. And I want to look him in the eye and say, everywhere I went, I want you to know this. The first person I was after, I wasn't after Johnny Big Shot who could give the most money. I wasn't after the poor man either. I was after you, God, with all of my heart. And the rest joined that. Now, Zacchaeus, we're almost done. We've got two minutes. Put your seatbelt on. We're close to the airport. I can see it. I'm hungry, too. I didn't eat. I, I fasted all night long. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help us, God. <laughs> hey, I got it. Holy Ghost is helping me. No, I'm playing. Ha, <laughs> huh, Zacchaeus. He's a short stature. He's a little man because he's been running with the crowd. See, when you're running with the crowd, you ain't got to, you ain't got to read your Bible. Why y'all got, man, I'm just telling you the stuff I've heard. Why y'all got to sing? Why do y'all sing the song three times? 
Because the first time our people's trimming toenails and fingernails. The second time they've trying to figure out the grocery list that they got to get at Walmart. And the third time they join in. But by the fourth time their, their heart is starting to meet what their lips is saying. Why y'all got to sing? Then did this to me all the time in Alma. So one lady, she frustrated me. She done, she done come, she got, she done got on my skin. She was mad because of sing, because the way we sang, we sang too long. I walked down on the front door right there, and I pointed to the left and I pointed to the right. I said, "Ma'am, there's a church to the right, right here, within one mile driving distance. There's one to the left in one mile driving distance. I know both of those churches sing about twenty minutes. That's probably your style." But you're not coming here to change what God told me to do. I can tell you the most dangerous thing for this church to do is to get comfortable and settle out where we at. Because that ain't the call of God on this house. Our most safest place is on the front lines. Bullets flying over our head. That's the safest place. Because that's where God called us to. God called this to be a house of David. To war when he said to war. The feast when he said the feast. All right. So Zacchaeus finds this sycamore tree. Also got this from Tom and Tina just thinking about some old stuff. Now think about the angel that was sent there to guard this seedling in the middle of the street. He's standing there every day guarding a seedling in the middle of the street. And you've got to think he's asking God, why in the world have you given me the job of guarding this seedling in the middle of the street. Because what you don't know is one day I'm going to have an encounter with a man named Zacchaeus who's short because he ran with the crowd. But he's going to get tired of that because that will never satisfy him nor ever fulfill him. See, Budweiser was fun, but it never fulfilled me. There's only one thing that leaves you completely satisfied, and that's Jesus Christ. So Zacchaeus finds this and the scripture says he climbs to the top of this tree. Because I love the King James when it says because he sought to see Jesus for who he was. This is where we've got to get the church to break through again. To see Jesus for who he is. You remember in Luke 24, the disciples are on the road to Emmaus and the scripture says that Jesus, and the King James also renders this, it says that Jesus drew near to them in another form. We can't recognize him unless he shows up Pentecostal style. The Baptists don't recognize him unless he comes Baptist style. The Methodists don't recognize him unless he comes Methodist style. But the deal is, remember that it says he drew to it near to him in another form and there it says their eyes were, were, were uh, hidden from who he was. But it says as he sat down, am I right? I'm in Luke chapter 24 here. We officially closed, y'all got me? Stay right here the next five minutes. Look at your neighbor and say, give the man five minutes. He's working overtime. Look. The scripture says as they sat down, the scripture says that he broke bread with them and it says their eyes were open to who he was. Now this has been my pursuit. When I got saved, I had a choice. I was in a great church that people got saved every Sunday. Boy, there's a lot of plowing that we got to do. What, let me ask you this. What are we going to do when, what do we do when everybody in this city gets saved? There's still plenty to do. Gosh, this is what we got to 
Well, if we can just get them saved, if we still get them saved, we still got a lot of jacked up stuff going on. Transformation's got to take place. Salvation was not the target that Jesus set out to do. That was the initial target. How many's ever been bowling? At the front of a bowling alley, you got little bitty, you got little bitty errors, right? That, that is not the goal to hit the error. The goal in bowling is not to hit the air. The goal in bowling is to hit the pins at the end of the lane. But the deal is, if you know how to bowl, you can hit the airs with your ball and it will set up for the final result, which is a strike knocking all the pins down. The cross was the initial target that Jesus set out to hit. The ultimate goal was to get the Holy Spirit back on the earth to bring transformation to mankind. And the ultimate goal is to get it back like it was in the Garden of Eden to restore Adam back in the earth. Amen. I, you got to give me these five minutes. You remember when Joshua, when they took the, when they took the people over Jericho, right? Uh, over, over Jordan to go possess the land, right? The scripture says that they were to stay 2,000 cubits behind the ark which the priests would go in and then as the priest walked in with the Ark of the Covenant, 2,000 cubits behind them, then the children of Israel would cross over, right? Listen, Jesus was our high priest who crossed 2,000 years before us, right? We stand again at this place. As they, as they cross through, the Scripture says that when the priest hit the water, that the waters rolled back. Am I in the book? Joshua chapter 3 rolled all the way back to that great city called Adam. Jordan is a place of death, represents death in the, it, prophetically, right? It was at flood stage. This is also the mirror of the picture of the church in the last days. Death will be at flood stage all around the church. Come on, somebody. As the priest stood in the river, death rolled back all the way back to that great city called Adam. When Jesus died on the cross, he... Re he redeemed the curse all the way back to that great man called Adam, which released you and I to be the new man called Adam in the earth full of power, authority, and dominion. Gosh, help me right here. We got to break through on this. Because people think, well, we just get him saved. Well, you get that's that's the initial target. I'm not belittling salvation. I thank God that is about the only message that the church has not dropped since the book of Acts. But every time the Philistines captured the ark, what was the first thing that they would remove from the ark? They would always take the rod that budded out of the ark first. That represents the power of God. That's the first thing the enemy wants away from the church. Right. Don't nobody be preaching about the Holy Ghost with any power or nothing like that. Just talk about salvation. We find leaving the jar of man in there. But don't, don't, let them have, don't let them have no rod that budds. Because if you get the rod that budds, then you're going to change life. Zacchaeus is climbing because he wants to see who Jesus was. Now think about this. Breakthrough starts here first. <clears throat> then something else has to happen. I'm not going to worry about the time, and I'm, try, I'm trying to finish as much as I can, okay? We meet one time a day, okay? One time on Sunday. That, help me Holy Ghost here. Zacchaeus climbed because he wants to see Jesus for who he is. He wants to know who is this, who is this man. I'm in a good church. I could have just sat down and, you know, Mama, what's the Jesus you serve? What if Catherine would have stayed in the Jesus who her parents served? 
she would not be no dancing prophetic person. She wouldn't know what the prophetic was. But you know what happens? She tasted something outside the camp. Even went back to tell mom about it. Mama didn't even understand it. But she knew this, that it was real. And it was something more than I've ever tasted. At my house, we only ate, we only ate hamburgers. But my God, when I tasted fried chicken, yeah, yeah. Come on, somebody. Hello. What happens? She had to be willing to climb the tree. Now, here's where the church has got to do. We, our, our, our wants, that we want it. I believe with all our heart that we want it. But we don't will it. Want and will is two different things. Want is like this. <clears throat> Sitting and watch the ball game. Feet's propped up. Man, I'm hungry. Hungry. Don't do nothing about it. Catherine comes through there. You want to fix a sandwich? Yeah, I'm starving to death. Fix me a sandwich. I'm hungry. I want it. But I ain't willing to get out of that chair to go get it. This is where we are in America. Oh, I want God. I'm desperate for you. It's kind of like meatloaf. Remember the song Meatloaf? I will do anything for love. But I won't do that. I will do anything for revival. How about fast three days? But I won't do that. I will do anything to see the sick healed. How about turn the TV off and get away in prayer? But I won't do that. This is where we're at. Zacchaeus said, you know what? Not only am I willing to break away from the crowd, I'm willing to climb this tree. I'm willing to start climbing. This is how you start climbing, friend. You start getting, you start putting, you pallet to the test. You read everything you can on revival. I'll tell you, great, great place to start. You get the God Chasers edition. Get the revivalists and start reading the God Chasers. And tell, I mean, the, uh, the God's Generals. I'm all on. Get Tommy Tenney's book, The God Chasers. Get it tonight. And I'm telling you right now, your, your whole, your, it starts shifting. You're thinking, you know what, man? I, God ain't just got me here just to hang out. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to make a difference in the earth. Y'all, we agreed to an assignment. I don't know if you know that. You agreed to the assignment. The day you got saved is the day you met back up with your original assignment that you and him agreed on. Come on now, I don't know how all that works. I ain't got all the theology, all that. I don't know, but I just know this. He said, Jeremiah, before you ever entered into your mother's womb, I knew you, and I called you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. I never told you that it was going to be easy. I never told you that the people weren't going to think you crazy. So it starts climbing. Well, I start climbing. I get out of my church, go to a church, and they preach a whole lot different message than what we preach in our church. They do things different. The deal is, is we've got to be willing to climb. You've got to be willing to climb beyond where you're at. As a church, we have got to be willing to climb beyond where we're at. I know that we're I know that we're tired this morning. I'm tired too. Hello. Caught a bunch of fish Friday and had a little league game all day Saturday. Been on the road all week. I'm wild. I told the Lord this morning. I told you and you preach this morning. I said, I'm gonna just let you preach. I'm tired. But I'm but I am tired. But listen, I got a wheel to climb in my in my in my in my innermost being. 
I know this, we cannot stay here. This is not the destination. You remember when God spoke to Terah, which was Abraham's dad, and said, leave out of this land and get to the land of Canaan? The scripture says that Terah came to Haran, which was on the way, but then the next verse said, and, and, and Terah died in Haran. God never intended that man to die there. He intended him to get in the land of Canaan. We are only halfway on the journey. This is not it. If this is God... Take me home right now. That's what I say. This, is not, this can't be it, man. I'm going to read you this story because I ain't got time to finish all this. You know what that means? That means you don't have to pray. I don't have to pray and study because I'm ready Wednesday night. We're only halfway in this. Come on. Listen to this. I just read, I'm closing right here, okay? All right. Go ahead and call Domino's. I'm closing. <laughs> right. You ready? Listen. It is interesting to note that not one, this is, this is Tom and Tenney's book, The God Chasers. It is interesting to note that not one of the, of the 50 largest churches in the world is in the United States. Not one. How can that be? Haven't we sent missionaries around the world for more than 200 years? The hungry needs fresh bread in abundance, not stale crumbs in the carpet from last century's wedding rehearsal dinner. I have a friend who pastors a church of about 7,000 believers. His church is arguably the best cell-based model church in America. But he told me that he had recently attended a conference overseas and what he discovered there brought tears to his eyes. He told me, Tommy, there's something that just really gripped me at that conference. He explained that the conference was sponsored that the conference sponsored a workshop for pastors who pastored churches larger than 100,000 people. And then he said, I couldn't stand it. I just had to open the door and stick my head into the meeting to see if there was anybody in there. The room had about 20 or 30 people in it and it just gripped me that I couldn't go in there. And then with tears in his eyes, he told me, then it dawned on me, Tommy, nobody in that room was an American. The American church is the sleeping beauty. Hollywood has prophesied us for years. When most people couldn't show up on Wednesday night because American Idol was on they're prophesying to us. Every time, you go to, every time you go to Walmart and you buy a piece of clothes, what is their clothing line? I got the American flag, faded glory. We better wake up in this land. Hello. I'm talking to you. I ain't talking to America. I'm talking to Sparks. We're in a place... Man, look at, watch your news. Look at the struggle over D.C. It's all crooked. In my, I, don't, I, I ain't got to get into that right there, but it's jacked up. We have got to pray in America. We've got to come to the place again that we're willing to climb, that just going to church on Sunday morning is not it. Seth, I, I would tell you that if all, you, you, you and Stanton, you, you young boy, you just called the preaching gospel. You don't sell your life out to just go for this. You sell your life out that you're going to bring an impact of the kingdom to the place that God calls you. 
Are you with me? But right here, when we showed the clip of the C-Fan clip of Reinhardt Bunke and his spiritual son, Daniel Kalinda, three point something million people. That's unheard of to, to, to right here because we can't even conceive that because we've not seen it. Church, but let me say this. God is not done with America. I don't believe that. If he is, we need to get our passport and get the heck out of here. Let me ask you this. When you, went to God, when you went to Guatemala, did it look like the church you attend here? Now, I mean for it to get heavy. Maybe that's just God just weighing it out on the inside of us saying we've got to come up to the place. Listen, here's the deal. What we have to do is we've got to balance. Here, here, I'm done right here. Would you play right here to help me right here? Uh, uh, Alamite. Man is up there making war with her hands and I threw one out of commission. <laughs> Listen. Here, here's the deal. I think that one of the things is they don't have the deal with the blessing. I mean, like what we consider the blessing. I've seen them try to pin Heidi Baker down. Heidi Baker, you know, you know, when Heidi Baker's staying in that five-star resort, you know what I'm saying, they put her up when she comes over here and they try to pin her down, you know, do you, do, are you struggling? Do you struggle? You know, she said, the only time I struggle is when you come here. I don't struggle on the dirt. I only struggle when you put me in here and you got me in a bed. Notice it. You go, you go into my bedroom. We got about eight, eight or ten pillars on there. And I go to sleep. You can't even see the wall over there. Pillars are stacked up on the wall. You know what we're concerned about? Being comfortable. Just get, just get comfortable. I heard Rob Parsons say this a long time ago. I didn't know how I was going to end this right here, but this is for me right here too. He said, the devil ain't worried about the church in America. It's got a fork in his hand. It'll take its own self out with a fork. Church, we got to rise up to the place that God called us to. I'm not talking about being so spiritual that you know earthly good. I'm not talking about enjoying the blessings of God. But what we can do is allow the blessing to overtake us from our place that God called us to in the earth. I enjoy, I enjoy my family. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy my boys and stuff like that. But i got to constantly live. Catherine told me, like yesterday, you know, we got back from the baseball tournament. It was so hot. I just, man, to be honest with you, I just wanted to get in air conditioning. She said, let's go get in the pool. She said, what's on you? I said, I'm constantly thinking right now. She said, what are you thinking about? I said, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the church. I'm thinking about, you know, golly, you know, we got breakthrough Wednesday night. How are we going to, I mean, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do? We're going to say that was a good church service. You know what I'm saying? We got a good shot in the arm. You know what I'm saying? Let's help this out a little bit. Or what are we going to do? I want to take this city. I want to take what's, I want to take my place, whatever God has for me. You with me? Stand up with me right here. Let's go. Let's raise our hands. Father, we just thank you this morning. Father, I pray that you would give us strength. You would give us strength to climb the tree. You would give us strength to press in. You would give us, you would give us the will. God, we got the want, but the, but the will has got to take over the want. We've got the want, but God, we've got to have you to help us with the will. And Father, we thank you for this great place that you called us to. We thank you for this great assignment that you have called us all to. And Lord, we thank you for the grace to accomplish it, Lord. Father, we thank you for the just the grace this morning to live 
and to do what you called us to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll see you here on Wednesday night. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. 